Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Everyone, welcome to The Survival Show podcast, where it's our job to take you step-by-step through the mindset, skills, tactics, and gear you need to survive almost any crisis, emergency, or disaster, and show you how to use the lessons you learned today to thrive in your life tomorrow. All right, everybody, so today in the podcast, Craig and I are going to reveal some of the exciting new projects and gear and training we've been working on for you since our last podcast, which has been a long time time ago, and especially without producer Ben. And before we're all done, we're also going to discuss 10 common roadblocks to achieving your life and preparedness goals and how to overcome them. But before we go any further, I'd like to introduce my right-hand man and the man at the controls in charge, producer Ben. And our Howdy. co-host for today, Mr. Craig Cottle. Hey, What's guys. What's up, boys and girls? Howdy, howdy. Good to be back. Survival Show podcast land. Good to, good to hear you guys. Man, it's been a long time. A really long time. We actually, I don't know if I can say it like this, we actually killed off Ben in about episode six <laughs> of season one. <laughs> I don't know why you stopped. You were you were like the, you know, the sincere comedy humor, like authentic real question guy, and then like, then you were gone. I don't know what happened. Gone. Well, well just gone. when you do everything to keep the show running, you can't always be the star on screen, you know. It doesn't take much to be the talent, right, Ben? It takes all the talent yeah. in the world to be the man behind the scenes. you got to make everybody, all the talent sound good. This is true. This is true. But I talked him into it. Actually, I just wrote him in today's outline. We're just so glad that Ben's back. And Mr. Craig, I am... Man, it's been a long time. I can't remember the last time we actually talked outside of emails, but it's been several months now. Yeah, it has. Uh, both of us been busy on various things, which is good when you when you work for yourself. <laughs> <laughs> it is. And I guess we're just going to pick up right there, Craig. I, what I'd like to do first, because believe it or not, the subscriber base of the podcast has actually grown <laughs> since since we we stopped doing podcasts. I don't know if it's some of the YouTube videos we're posting or just uh, you know people sharing it, but I'd like to catch some people up on maybe what you've been about uh, lately, new stuff you've been working on, what we've been working on here, Ben and I, and uh, maybe. Craig, uh, why don't you just give us kind of an overview and uh, land on any, do you have any like new training or not new training, but like new books, uh, new gear, anything like non-training stuff, because we'll get to the training stuff here in a moment. Uh, yeah, I spent the, the better part of the winter writing my latest book, which is going to be very different than anything I've written before. It's a children's book. 
Uh, I was contracted by a publisher out of London, England to write this one, and it required probably as much research as, well, probably more research than any book I've ever done. Um, maybe 20% of the words that I'm used to writing, but probably 250% more <laughs> research. So it's been an interesting ride writing a children's book, that's for sure. Now what's the... Like, what's the emphasis? What's the topic? Well, the working title, uh, this is, you know, author problems, right? But uh, every book I've ever written, when we get down to, or at least the ones that I've written with publishers, when we get down to Craig's done with the manuscript time, they always have always changed the title of the book. But the title of the book, the working title of the book that I wrote was Let Nature Be Your Guide. And it was a book about reading nature's indicators to tell that tell us things like the weather's getting ready to change, or uh, this is north, south, east, or west, or these animals eat this type of food, and just to basically how to go into an environment. And these were environments throughout the world, which is why it required me a tremendous amount of research. Go into the Kalahari Desert, go into Australia, go into a naturalist setting in England. What things are happening there that can tell two, two beautiful kids that are in the book that go throughout the book and they adventure and check all that stuff out. And I tell them how to read the land, the sun, the moon, the stars, the trees, the, the bugs, the birds, the critters. So it's kind of like you're taking, you're in the book. It's almost like a historical fiction, or is it? No, it's definitely, it's definitely a, a factual work. It's it's it was it's kind of blur. It's hard to describe. Being to be honest with you, as you can, <laughs> it tell. sounds really cool uh, though. So you're taking kept, two kids. Yeah, we kept going back and forth, and and I probably argued and moaned and groaned and fought with my editor more than than I have in other books, and I think she liked it. By the end, I think she really liked the arguing, but. Um, it was an issue of, is this a science book or is it not? And I'm a stickler for science. If we're going to do a, a book that says the sun does this, then by golly, the sun better do this. You know, a perfect example that happens a lot is people think that moss always grows on the north side of trees, right? Well, that's because somewhere in some kid's book, somebody said that years ago. Well, mm. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to make mistakes like that. So if I say the sun does this, well, the sun better be doing that. And so I had to consult with a bunch of people. And the editor wanted some creative license to be taken and say things like usually and mostly and stuff like that. And I wasn't about doing that. So <laughs> it was kind of a fight. <laughs> Thanks. And Craig, can you just back up a little bit? Why don't you give us... And any new listeners that we may have uh, picked up over the break that we've had on the podcast, you want to give people a little bit of background because we're going to get into uh, training. I, I, I suppose the next couple of podcasts that you and I do together and Ben are going to be on training, the importance of that, how to, how to set goals, how to do things like that. Because I feel like now is a really, really important time to make sure that your preps are all set up and, and you're trained up. And, and a lot of what you do is training can you maybe give us a little bit of your backstory, bring us up to date on uh, who you are, where you're at, why you do what you do now? Yeah, uh, 
Yeah, that's fine. Since there's so many new people, which is awesome. Thank you all that are listening that have joined us recently for, for jumping on here. Uh, I'm Craig Cottle. I'm the director of Nature Reliance School out of Central Kentucky. And I teach classes like survival, tracking, uh, land navigation, what I call nature immersion, uh, coursework of that nature. And I'm also a certified master naturalist and through the University of Kentucky. And through that, I've taught a lot of things that have been part of what I do in survival. For example, I might teach a class on winter tree identification so that you can pick the most efficient species for building a fire or something along those lines. So nature's a big key of what it is that we do. And I think if you know how to use it to your effectiveness and know how to be stewardship minded, it's what I tell students in class all the time. If if you, if you take care of the woods, the woods will take care of you kind of attitude uh, that it, that it works out fairly well. So that is in a nutshell who I am younger growing up, just a good old boy spent a lot of time in the woods hunting fishing hiking living off the land spent two 30 days trips two separate 30 day trips into the woods with nothing but a knife lived off the land uh, came back with shiny teeth to prove that i knew what i was doing so that's me in a nutshell and two years old strapping beautiful young man <laughs> uh carhartt model yeah all kinds of cool stuff <laughs> Are you in the big and tall catalog? I just got my first big and tall shorts, man. I'm not, I'm not necessarily big or tall, but I was looking for longer shorts, and I've, I'm wearing a 36 right now, and I'm like, huh, big and tall, because they're making, they seem to be making guys' shorts shorter and shorter. But are you big and tall? Um, pretty broad, dude. That's for sure. Um, farming and judo and all the stuff that I've done all my life will do that for you. But uh, yeah, but but the Carhartt stuff, I can't even remember what. The first time I saw myself uh, in Cabela's, because that was like a wall-sized Craig Cottle, you know, it was about 20 foot tall. <laughs> I was uh, gigging a fish in a creek wearing a red T-shirt and Carhartt pants. Nice. So with my daughter, she and I were, you know, 20 foot tall in this Cabela's, which is pretty awesome. All right. Since we're on clothes, do you have a favorite brand of, of uh, like outdoor clothes, Craig? Uh, I wear 5'11 pants maybe would be my favorite. Uh, I try not to look too tactical, Timmy, when I'm going about my business. I don't want to draw attention to myself and look too tactical oriented. So I usually get some more, I hate to say it this way because it sounds so weird, but more stylish pants instead of the, you know, big cargo. Look at me. I've got belt loops and carry a hammer and a gun and all that stuff. I don't want to look that way, even though I do those things, but, uh, 5'11 pants, just because they stretch. The ones that I get stretch striker pants. They uh, they dry quickly. I, I get wet so much teaching outdoors that I want pants that are going to dry pretty quick. That's great. My favorites are going to be totally contrary and to what you just said. And Riggs workwear, baby. All right, so Wrangler. What, hey, David, let okay, me ask you, what's yeah. your purpose in doing this here? I mean, are you trying to set us up for success or failure here? (laughs) (laughs) All right, Riggs Workwear. Wrangler makes a brand of pants called Riggs Workwear. They're like like double the thickness and really tough, and they do have cargo pants or cargo pockets and the belt loops. And uh, 
I just have four different colors, and every day I just pick the color I want to wear, and off I go. Have you ever been a model? <laughs> no. <laughs> okay, so guys and girls listen to the podcast. I have been a model three different times. <laughs> so take my advice on 511 and, and blow off this rig stuff, okay? <laughs> uh, I'm just joking. Uh, I know exactly what rigs are. They are pretty good pants. They're real good pants. Okay, back on to training stuff. And one other interesting thing, I don't know if you want me to mention this, but for years and years and years before you started doing this, I guess professionally, uh, you were a, uh, you ran a dojo, right? Yeah, I taught Japanese martial arts along with uh, combatives and defensive tactics and that sort of thing. Uh, I have advanced black belt degrees in judo, aikido, and iido, and I have been doing. Uh, well, I quit doing that as a profession due to an injury that required me to quit. But uh, on my own since that time and a little bit before, I've also been doing Krav Maga and Filipino combat systems knife fighting for probably about a decade now. The other things I've been doing for almost 30 years. But these things I've been doing, particularly the knife fighting, I do a lot of it these days. And a lot of that started because of a class we taught in Pennsylvania together. Oh, really? I didn't I know, know that's... Realize that. Yeah, yeah I, I, was in, I didn't know that that was why you got into it. I was doing some stuff before and was just kind of getting started with knife fighting. And then we did a small uh, self-defense segment in one of the survival classes up mm-hmm. there. And this dude cut me to shreds with a training knife. Mm-hmm. And I asked him what he studied, and he studied Filipino combat systems. And I determined that I needed to learn that. I remember that. So um, it was humbling experience and good and the blessing of it for me is that one of the best teachers from my perspective that I've seen in the world is in my hometown, which I did not know Hmm. until I got to looking. And this guy makes knives and uh, Rob Cabrera, fantastic instructor. Um, And it's just one of those guys that nice guy, super friendly. But if he wanted to cut you into Swiss cheese about 50 different ways, he'd probably do it in about three seconds. I mean, he's just one of those guys. But, yeah, been studying with him for quite some time now. Interesting. So anything else going on your way besides training? And we'll get into that here just very shortly. Uh, training, training, and more training. I've yeah, been on the I road for about two weeks and uh, going back out again this weekend and then Special Forces next week and then the week after weekend after that again. And I've got a class almost every weekend for the next, I don't know, seven months. Nice, nice. So it's been several months since we've gotten together. Producer Ben, he's my boss. He's sort Yo. of kind of mostly my boss. <laughs> it's the only way I get everything done. He does He does all like the uh, customer service and talking with vendors and all the stuff that moves us forward. And I'm supposed to be writing right now. So what have we been up to, Producer Ben? What have you been up to? What's the new stuff? Uh... How much am I allowed to say? <laughs> we're working on new knives. Mm-hmm. We're lo- working on S- new guides. Super secret, super secret new knife. Yeah, mm-hmm. super secret. Mm-hmm. And if anybody out there knows of anybody that can um, electroplate a piece of steel for uh, a lot less than $50, let us know. Because we need oh, okay. <coughs> a, a little pocket sharpener. Oh, I forgot about created. that. So yeah, lots of gear, lots of 
guides hopefully coming your way and um, kind of trying to focus on focus in our uh, efforts here on what we're good at. So, gear. Yep. Podcasts. A few YouTube videos here and there. Yep. Trying not to burn ourselves out. We were kind of getting close. No doubt. Yeah, MSK1 knife. We just released the MSK1 black not too long ago, and we're almost sold out of those. And uh, just on, on knives and gear in general, Craig, I don't know if you've seen this in your circles, but... Man, I'm, we just had one of our one of our knife uh, manufacturing partners get in contact with us yesterday and said, "Hey, yeah, um, things are not only just going to take ninety days from the time that you send us a PO, but we just got bad steel in here and we kind of have to hit reset because we got to start all over. So, like, there's all kinds of things happening in the world economy that it has." doubled and tripled the length of us being able to get things manufactured, including the MSK-1 knives. and uh, But we do have, actually, everything's in stock right now, I believe, Ben. And uh, once once this existing stock runs out, it's going to it's gonna be end of summer, probably, by the looks of it, by, by the time we replenish. We got five Elite knives sitting right next to me. That's it. That's all we got left for the Elite knives. But plenty really? of primitives, blacks, and Elite warriors. Nice. Nice. Get them while they're hot. (laughs) (laughs) And then, uh, Craig, I just wanted to bring people up to speed maybe really quickly as we get into into this training section. And we just want to really encourage you guys to take this time. I don't don't know if it's a calm time in our world, but I just don't know what's around the corner. And there's no better time than the present to make sure that your preps are in, in order, that you've got the gear you need, that you've that you're trained up or at least beginning to train up. And uh, we've got the Tiny Guide, and I just want to say it's Tiny Guide 2.0. It's a huge upgrade. So if you guys have the original Tiny Guide, 2.0 is a major improvement in that I believe we have 33 QR codes that are scannable by your smartphone. And those take you to training that Craig and or I have done, including survival quick tips and they're all linked to the new tiny survival masterclass also so that's a that's a big thing that i had worked on i'm gonna say from september to december and uh, that's all that everything that we are selling on amazon everything in stock with tiny guides are 2.0 right now and we have the tiny survival masterclass craig and then, uh, do you want to just take people into what the master class is, what the whole purpose was? And I'm especially excited about the vital survival portion of that. Yeah, uh, it's it's really basically an offshoot of the tiny guide because it's been so successful that what we wanted to do was provide, which has been an end goal all along, to provide training in such a way that people can not only just read something or buy a product and throw it in a a bag or a box or a glove box or something and just forget about it, that it gives them the opportunity to study and get themselves where they need to be. So we put together uh, 12 lessons through the course that I put together on Vital Survival, and we added a bunch of other cool bonus features to it. And we've got some basically some free content that's going to be rolling out on David's YouTube channel that gives you some insight into 
portions of this class. And then if you want to go in depth, you can jump into the master class rather easily. Real good stuff. Yeah, I, I guess the way to describe the the guide is it's it's kind of twofold. It's a proactive and a reactive guide. So like if you're in a tough spot, you can use it, keep it in your wallet, everyday carry it, check it out if you need some information right there because something's happened. And uh, I think you and I are both most excited about it as a proactive training system. And that's what we tried to do with the guide, integrating the survival quick tips and uh, that are rolling out on this podcast and on our YouTube channel, and then the advanced versions of those. And then uh, we've got the Eating Weeds course that's part of the master class and the uh, foolproof bow drill class that I did. So, Craig, I I think next what we want to get into is some live training opportunities for people. And I know you've got, I'm looking at your most recent email here, I am going to be joining you for one of the classes too. So you want to maybe give people an overview. It looks like most of your, you've got a couple of classes that are almost totally booked out here. Yeah, uh, we teach a range of stuff, but upcoming in this spring, we are teaching uh, here in our home state of Kentucky, our regular coursework, which is Lancer, uh, land navigation, wilderness or, you know, wilderness survival navigation type activity this weekend the weekend after that is our level one wilderness safety and survival and then we start getting into scout tracker and seer classes uh seer class being the first new class that we've introduced in years just because there's been people begging us to teach that material and put it together and so we finally did that's what we're doing here in kentucky i'm also collaborating with different organizations including the bulwarks we taught a class this past weekend with them they're a fantastic firearms instructional and security business that uh, does great work. And then I'm also collaborating with Fieldcraft Survival, uh, Mike Glover, Kevin Estella, uh, a couple guys that have been helping there, uh, Dwayne Unger and and uh, and uh, Mike Travis. These are all guys that I've been working with teaching land navigation and man tracking literally all over the country. I'm going to go to Pennsylvania a couple times up near you guys going to Utah going to Texas going to South Carolina just going all over the country teaching man tracking so that's 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 a big new thing for Craig so I'm very happy about it that we're training so many people that's great and the June I think it's June 11th June 13th is the seer and fieldcraft class that's the one I'm going to be going to I've done several Craig's classes, and they are fantastic. If you want to do some in-person live training, I highly, highly recommend Nature Reliance School. And uh, people can go to naturereliance.org, right? Yeah, right now, if you go to the website and go to the blogs up top, because it's websites, and this is an unfortunate way that I have to do business, is I am primarily an instructor and teach, and that's what I do. I teach and I write. I'm not a web developer. I'm not very good at it, quite frankly. But um, we have a blog, the top blog you'll see, NRS 2021 classes broken down by month. If you go to the top and look at the menu, you can look at classes broken down by whether you want to do a Zoom class with us, which has been the newest thing we've done this year. We're teaching those once or twice a month at least. Uh, online coursework as well as one day and weekend long classes in everything you can imagine. The, the best series we've done in a long time is we just got done doing a Zoom course on 
situational awareness, basically how to read people and how to read places, which is the most successful we've done yet. So basically teaching people how to look around and know that there's a bad person around you. All right. So I think this is a good time to break into and get into these 10 common roadblocks to achieving your life and preparedness goals. And this is all with the idea. The reason I wanted to end on just some training opportunities, Craig, is that I don't know if you've noticed this. I don't know if Ben in his young life has noticed this, but it seems like to me that oftentimes when we schedule a training, it doesn't necessarily matter what that is. It could be a marriage training. It could be, you know, survival training. It could be a, a, a business development training. And oftentimes what I've found is, is the people, oftentimes the people that are there are probably some of the people that need the training the least. And some people that should be, a lot of people that should be there just are no-shows. Have you ever noticed that, Craig? You know, uh, yes and no. Um, the the further we go to go along in training people, I don't see a lot of people that don't need the training anymore. I don't know if that's reputation or what. I kind of get rid of the fluff the further along I go. It tends to be people that are dedicated to come to a class, take notes, apply what they've learned, and even follow up and ask questions after they've started applying it. So it's a matter of, I think that's a matter of me becoming a better instructor and us having a better school, mm. but, uh, and, and the reputation that falls along with it. So that, that has helped, but you know, as you stated, there's always people there. There was a guy that came to a class last year that drove all the way from Alabama, 16 hours was in class for about 20 minutes and turned around and drove back home. And it was kind of mind boggling to me because he was one of those guys and it's kind of one of the guys like you're describing where he came, he wanted to sit around and tell conspiracy theories around the campfire. Mm, he mm-hmm. thought that's what we were going to do. When he found out that we were going to train and do stuff, he wanted no part of it, <laughs> which kind of blew my mind. So yeah, I mean, to a degree, there's still those people floating around, but yeah, ego gets in the way. I wrote a chapter on ego in my first book and, and, the further I get along and the older I get, the more I realize that I was brilliant for writing that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> ego gets in the way of everything for most people. You either know how to control it or it controls you. And so people that don't know how to control their ego, they have problems on both ends of that spectrum of, of training. What are some other reasons that let – me, let me ask you this. Out of what percentage of people who – could be more prepared do you think are prepared like for instance do you think that like if something really bad like a a grid down or or genuinely society altering event happened that you know five percent ten percent twenty percent fifty percent of the people would be uh, fairly well prepared like in a general sense what's your what's your thought on that I would say that 5% or less are prepared. And if if no other reason, the pandemic has pointed that out and made it crystal clear to me. And that is, you know, we, we were thrust into the middle of a quote-unquote pandemic and it was supposed to be life-altering and all this stuff when nothing really changed that much. Mm-hmm. As far as our resources were still there, groceries, utilities were still on, not a problem. Maybe we didn't 
maybe we were told by government entities or businesses that we couldn't do certain things and that's okay. I mean, it is what it is, but for the most part, it didn't really change a lot from my perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and, and people lost their flipping minds <laughs> because of it. it. And and it just, it just made it crystal clear again, that if something bad, really bad happens to the point where people are literally dying all around us or some sort of war event, we're attacked or there's some sort of civil war, which if we don't get race relations figured out in this country is pronto, then that's what's going to happen. Then, you know, people are going to starve to death by the thousands and thousands. They, cause they just have no idea what they're doing. They have no idea how to take care of their basic needs. Mm-hmm. I mean, they lost, they had that storm down in Texas and, and people were getting literally on the news going, they didn't know how to fix dinner because they, you know, didn't know how to fix dinner or they didn't have other means to fix dinner without electricity for a week. I mean, come on people. It's Texas. That's Texas, David. Right. I know. <laughs> Typically Texas people got their stuff in order. <laughs> We're not talking about Chicago. <laughs> We're not talking about whatever. Uh, I don't know. Connecticut. We're talking about Texas. Don't mess with Texas, right? That's These right. people were hungry after a week. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Uh, interesting little story there. I don't know if you remember Tom and Jill who came to our training and they actually, after that training, we realized they were local and we became good friends. Anyway, they moved down to Texas, down the Midland area. And, uh, during the whole thing, I was, we were talking back and forth and he was, they were like, oh, it's no big thing. (laughs) And you know what? The whole time after that training, every time he and I would get together, he would tell me how he and his grandson or he and... He and somebody else went out and, you know, they did this trap or they stayed out overnight or his six-year-old grandson, you know, was able to build a fire. So, you know, they, the training was definitely helpful for them. Right. And they were ones, they actually, that was, that was a vacation week for them. And they decided not to do like a staycation and they, they heard about our training and they, uh, Mm. they had some other travels planned and ended up coming to that instead of, of going away somewhere. So. Interesting. Yeah. So let's just talk about maybe a couple other reasons why people don't put themselves in a situation of getting training. And you had mentioned ego or pride. Yeah. I mean, the big one, I mean, Cooper said it best. I mean, he was a military trainer strategist said that people don't, people think they're going to rise to the occasion, but typically they, I'm paraphrasing, I'm paraphrasing actually from a Greek philosopher, but, Cooper said it in the English for a little bit better for us. People don't rise to the occasion. They default to their level of training. Sure. And that is, that's so, oh my gosh, that is so true. Mm-hmm. That is one more thing. And I know I keep saying this, but the further I go along, the more I realize that a lot of people think they're just going to step it up and everything's going to be fine. They're going to be some superhero and, and, you know, 
chest bump a little bit and everything's magically going to appear for them. And they're just, they're stupid. I'm sorry. I'm just, uh, I'm being very direct here because I'm seeing so many people that are going to die that all they had to do was stand up, recognize they need some skills. And I'm not saying you have to come to me. I'm not saying that at all, but get into an online course, pick up a book, study on your own, go to somebody and get some training, but do something Mm -hmm. so that you're more prepared because our country is not prepared at all. I mean, the last year has to just show us what a mess things really are. I, I think before that, I could almost give some people a pass. Like uh, before, you know, the, maybe the last eight or ten years, unless you were really aware of what was going on behind the scenes, you might have looked at, I mean, survival. Uh, it was kind of like a hobby. I mean, we've talked about that a lot on this podcast too. But but now genuine preparedness and, you know, some basic survival skills are going to go a long way. I don't, I don't even know if I can say if. Like Creek always says, it's not if, but when. I mean, I, I'm just, basically there's so many anomalies that have happened in the last year, year and a half, that if it doesn't shake us all up to want more training, then I, I think we're delusional. And that's, that's one thing I have on the list here is just self-delusion. That, you know, apathy, don't see a need, self-delusion, and uh, I realize that it's actually been a couple of years, Craig, since I've come out to your place and done any training. And I saw all these great offerings, and I'm like, I'm thinking his his Sear Fieldcraft course is going to be about the most challenging one ever. And it's it looks like it's gonna it's gonna use a lot of uh, uh, you know a lot of basic skills that uh, you've already taught there. So anyway, even like I don't even want to say even for me, but we all need to be training all the time. And, and however we want to do that, uh, I think we're foolish. I agree with you. I think we're foolish to ignore the signs and, and not get ourselves prepared. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, without a doubt. And it's people can either get on board. But, I mean, as far as Nature Reliance School is concerned, there's a reason that I'm I, I'm so busy. And that's because people are signing up for classes, which yep. is I'm thankful for. I feel very blessed that I've been in a, put in an opportunity in a place and an opportunity to write books and do online courses and teach people in person to help them. And that's why I started. I mean, one of the things I thought this was coming 20 years ago and I started Mm -hmm. teaching people as a means of quite frankly, and to be as frank and honest as possible. I did not feel guilty when crap hit the fan that I didn't do something because I, at this point I've taught thousands and thousands of people solid skills and I don't have to feel guilty if I go off grid myself and don't help anybody at that point in time, or I choose to help only the ones that I want to help because I've taught thousands of people and the information's there for people to grab it and get it and use it. The training's there. Heck my training, I've got as good a background as anybody in the country teaching coursework. And my classes are probably a third or half the price of most people. So, I mean, there's a reason why I'm training special forces and federal law enforcement and civilians by the thousands. That's because I know what I'm doing and it's people don't want to do it. Then that's, that's their problem. That's, they're going to, they're going to suffer for it. So let's get down. Let's talk about some of the benefits of training. I I think some of them are self obvious, but I'm going to start with the big idea that I actually threw at the bottom because it, it goes along with what, you were saying earlier, and one of the most valuable things that doing live in-person training, and I'm speaking specifically at, you know, going somewhere 
in training under somebody who actually knows what they're doing is that there's a safety net, but also the training will expose weaknesses. And man, I'm, I'm just telling everybody, I'm just being real here. My number one way of learning is by making mistakes. And Craig knows that like I, I try things, I, I do things I've, and you know, mistakes are one way that we, we, see our blind spots and see what we really need to learn. A good, for instance, from what you were talking about earlier was when we did that training up here in Pennsylvania. And I think his name was Manny and Manny, you know, cut you up with that fake knife when we did a little, a little bit of uh, a side training on knife fighting. So it exposes your weaknesses. What are some other benefits, Craig, or do you want to add on to add on to that? Well, I think you can look at it simply as an insurance policy, and I mm-hmm. think that's one of the ways that we can help get people that are not with us in our own family on board with us. I think that's big because you are taking care of yourself. And, and the goal, and I've been teaching combatives and hand-to-hand self-defense for decades and now adding this in as well. Everything that I teach, unfortunately, I don't want people to use in real-life life-and-death situations, that is. But it's... You've, you've got to get in training. Uh, Conor McGregor, a famous MMA fighter, said that he's either winning or he's growing. And you love him or hate that guy. That was pretty. That's pretty wise and sage advice, and I like that. I say it all the time now. If you come to a class, you're either uh, doing things right or you're, you learn the areas that you need to grow in. And if you have an instructor that doesn't abuse your trust, then – then you'll grow exponentially under the leadership and mentorship of a good instructor where they don't abuse the fact that you're making mistakes. You know, I had a good instructor who was special forces. Uh, he was a man tracking instructor of mine. Tell me that well, Craig, why in the world would you teach survival as if it's a special forces induction course? It's not special forces. Let the special forces do that. You teach civilians and you teach military and you teach law enforcement in a way that is an educational opportunity and, and conduct yourself like you're the professor PhD in survival at a university. And so that's how I conduct myself. And that sometimes that the truth hurts for people, but you know, you've got to find somebody that's going to help you with skills and point out your errors and be honest and go, okay, you can do this though. You might not know how to build a fire, but I'm going to help you with it. You know, you don't know, you don't need to know 25 knots, dude. I'm going to show you three, and you're going to be able to do everything in the world with it, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, whatever it is, that it's just brutal honesty at times that needs to happen. I think it's important. Yeah, I think training gives you a realistic perspective. I, we don't know what we don't know until we realize we don't know it, right? And that gets back to uh, – that just gets, gets back to something you were saying earlier about folks – just thinking that they're going to come in there like a superhero and everything's going to be fine because they've, they've watched a few videos or, or something on YouTube. Well, you've done this a lot, David, from a business perspective, and I've watched you do it and I've appreciated it. But in a lot of the business dealings you and I've had, one of the things that you've offered people that read some of the things that you've written, particularly in these podcasts is action steps. I mean, it's a simple business model. Okay. Mm-hmm. There's, there's no, there's no secret here uh, that we're, I'm sharing. It's just, yeah. we usually at the end of a podcast try to offer, Hey, do this. These are your action steps. That's what a good instructor should be doing for you as well. You teach a class, 
And again, you're growing, you're getting better at the skills that you already know. You have a list of things that you should improve upon. That's your action steps. When you leave, it's not a negative list of, oh man, I screwed this up. It is a list of the things that you now go and do. It's simple. If you set your ego aside, if you want to get your, let your ego drive you, then you'll get your feelings hurt and you might cry and you might get upset. And, you know, I don't mind doing that in a class either. I made a grown man cry about a month ago and I just don't care because he was going to die in a disaster readiness situation if I didn't tell him the truth. And so I hugged on him and told him that he needs to fix himself. <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's just the way it is. And I've seen you do that many, many times. <laughs> <laughs> I love my students. Anybody that's going to invest the time, energy, and money and effort they put into coming and training with me, I'm going to give them everything I got. That's just all there is to it. And sometimes that includes some brutal honesty because mm -hmm. I want them to be better when they walk away. I don't care if they like me or not. I really don't. But I want them to be better. I want them to be stronger. And so – that's what everybody should be looking towards out of an instructor. That's what everybody should be looking for out of somebody that's going to train them is, hey, you're doing good on that. Won't you tweak it a little bit by doing this? And, hey, that's stupid. Don't do that. I, I'll never say something like that, like something stupid. But, but the reality is I might say something like, I like how you're doing that, but you might want to try doing it this way instead. You know, just, just grow. Just grow. Come on. Yep. So, Craig, it's interesting that you mentioned that a lot of this training just follows kind of like a basic training business business model because next time, next time we're going to talk about smart goal setting. And this is something that I've used in consulting. It's something that I use in our own business that uh, one of the biggest problems that I've seen with folks is that they set unrealistic expectations or goals for themselves or they may, might have, you know, just some bad habits, a lack of core values, um, maybe even some work ethic issues, or they're wasting time. They're, they're spending too much, you know, time surfing their phone or, or things online. Or they buy into like this, this microwave kind of, hey, sign up for this course, and all you need to do is click here, and I'm going to teach you everything you know about X, Y, you need to know about X, Y, and Z. And so people get distracted. They, they burn time. Maybe their priorities are different. Maybe, you know, maybe preparedness and, and things aren't their main priority. Maybe they just don't have the time and the bandwidth for it. So what we're going to do next time is we're going to go through what is called SMART goals. And it's just a simple way that organizations, businesses, and individuals uh, – actually plot out objectives or mission and goals to make sure that they're able to be achieved. What do you think of that? Yeah, I think goal setting is absolutely critical to anybody's preparedness. And I think the issue that we come across is that you, you look, let's say you even pick up a tiny survival guide and you look at it and it can be overwhelming mm -hmm. because there's so much information there and there's, so many things that you could be doing and you recognize, oh man, I can't, I can't do all that. Well, you can't if you just try to eat the whole sandwich with one bite. You, That's right. you just can't. So you just take one bite at a time and you chew it up and you get that point part done. You know, what's the old story about the, what's the, what's the old story about the uh, starfish? You ever heard that story? I don't know. Maybe producer Ben knows it. 
You know the story, Ben? I don't. Ben's asleep. <laughs> I'm racking my brain here. I don't. We got a time for a story? Yeah, take absolutely. We always have but, time for an Uncle Craig story. So here's a story, guys. So this uh, young the, this young boy went down to the beach one day, and when he got down to the beach early in the morning, which he liked to do, he found on the beach that there was some sort of weather-related event, and there were starfish all over the beach and, beach, and they were in the process of dying because they have to be in the ocean to live, right? And so he starts throwing as fast as he can all these starfish back into the ocean and his grandfather shows up and sees what he's doing. He's like, grandson, there's just no way. There's just no way you're going to be able to save them all. And he picked up another one. He threw that threw it in. He said, well, I saved that one. Didn't I? Papa. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Think about that. Say law. So yeah, if you're looking at that beach and all those starfish are representative of all the multitude of things that you have to learn, to be better prepared, pick up one of them, you all, and start doing it mm-hmm. today. Pick it up and look at it. Read something, watch something, do something. But at least pick something up and do it. Instead of just sitting there watching them all die, that's not going to work. That doesn't work for anybody. It's a good story, man. So I think... I think we're about out of time for this podcast. Are we really? <laughs> I, I, I don't, I have no idea. Usually in the old format, I had a clock in front of me. I have no idea where we're at. So I'm just going to call it for this one. I think, I think it was good. I think it was helpful. I thought pe- we brought people up to speed on what we've been up to in a pretty fair way. And before we leave out of here, Craig, of course, we need to leave people with some action steps yeah i think one of the big things you can do right now you all is develop a journal or a, a mm. just pull up a napkin out of the kitchen table or something and start writing down some things okay two or three things that you're going to write down are obstacles what are the obstacles here's some ideas for obstacles that you're going to run into okay people around you don't want to support you well do it anyway that doesn't mean mm. that you don't try to help them just if that's your spouse then do it for their sake, um, you you don't know where to start. Well, pick up the tiny survival guide. Come on. It's tiny, and it's jam-packed full of information, and it's got a uh, lens so that if you have bad eyesight like I do, you can still read it. It's going to work. It's all there in the little package. It'll work perfectly for you. And write down two or three things that you're looking at going, man, I have no idea how to do that, and get started on those two or three this week. That would be the first thing. Mm-hmm. You, you just recognize that these are your obstacles and you start overcoming them. I think that's a really good start. Uh, I would highly recommend anybody who has the opportunity to get out and take a class. Uh, with that, If that's with Craig, I, I highly, highly recommend it. If I think you still have some space in your Sear Fieldcraft course, right? Yeah, um, and this is what happens every time. I mean, every class was full last week up through the summer. And now we got people that are having scheduling conflicts. So almost every class has one or two spots in it right now. And so mm. jump on the website, naturereliance.org, jump into a class. Depending upon what you're looking for, we've got survival, we've got SEER, we've got Scout Tracker. And uh, you're getting ready to miss land navigation. It's in two days. I don't think people are going to make it to that. But, but nevertheless, jump into something with me or somebody. You know, I would love to teach you. But just find somebody if you need some help and, and get some help. And I'll be going to that class June 11th to the 13th as a student. And uh, Mark's coming also. 
And so if you want to meet up with Craig and I, I will be there as a student. Craig will be there as the master of ceremonies and your instructor. So that would be great. Look, look at that. And also with that, this is going to prepare you for next week with that one or two skills or things that you want to do to become more prepared. Just write down a realistic date on when, when you want to accomplish that by. And that's going to prepare you for our podcast next time where we're going to go over smart goals. Producer Ben, you've been quiet over there. Anything else to add to this conversation? I think the big thing is, you know, like you guys were saying, just get out and do something, you know, at least get into uh, some reading material. But, you know, I think the consensus thing would be get out and do some physical training for either your mind or uh, physically. Um, You never know. You know, you got to be prepared because you never know. (laughs) (laughs) it can ha- we saw it you know in 2020 you know it can it can happen because of a virus it can happen because of uh foreign war i mean we have no idea what next year next 10 years is going to bring um so it's it's a good idea to be prepared for not only you but your family too so and producer Ben Craig had an open opportunity to come to the uh, Sear Fieldcraft class. So uh, if anybody would like uh, producer Ben to come, <laughs> go ahead and uh, I'm, e- email. I'm not trained nearly enough to even <laughs> consider that. I would be laying on my, I'd be laying on my back praying for uh, a quick end. I don't know. I don't think I would make it even an hour. I have done no training, so I need to take my own advice. I can, I can, (laughs) I I can uh, make a fire. That's about it. When I was planning the trip, he, he looked at me in the office and said, what did you say? Do you remember? You're getting too old for this. (laughs) Just so you know, Ben, I might've said the same thing. (laughs) I warned him. I told him, I mean, do you want to fight me? Because basically somebody's going to be fighting me in that class. And you know how I am, man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you don't want to fight me. You you better not piss me off in that class because I'm going to knock you out. <laughs> yeah. Class is going to be rough, man. It's going to be rough. I'm I'm not looking forward to it at all, but it's needed. Oh, man, it's needed bad. That's why Mark's coming with me. He has he has the skills to pull me out of a bad situation and save my life. Put us back together. Somebody breaks me. Somebody's going to come solely for the one reason to break me in half. Mark will put me back together. All right, Craig. I think that's it, everybody. Craig, you want to take us out of here? Yeah, guys, a few things to keep in mind. Don't forget the training opportunities with the Tiny Guide. You can use code SURVIVALSHOW25 for 25% off Tiny Guides at ultimatesurvivaltips.com. Also, the Tiny Survival Masterclass, use code TINY25 for 25% off the Masterclass. As, hey, I didn't notice it. I'm looking at the notes right now. Or any of the individual courses for a limited time at the tinysurvivalmasterclass.com. That's a nice addition. L- let me just jump in here, Craig. Yeah, we we do. We have four classes that comprise and make up the Tiny Survival Masterclass. However... We do offer each one of those modules separately, too. 
So people can jump in at any level they want. If there's one of those courses that's more interesting than the others, they can jump in and, and use that Tiny 25 for 25% off any of the classes at tinysurvivalmasterclass.com. Very good. And you didn't know I was going to add this in there, but if anybody wants to use this code, remember this for the Survival Show, right? Write it TSS down. Podcast. Get 20% off Nature Reliance School classes. TSS Podcast. So jump on that, too. That way you can get some discounts for in-person training with well, me. What was the discount? 20% off. Ooh. Oh, man. I paid full price. <laughs> <laughs> you should have waited. I told you. I told you to wait. Oh, <laughs> uh, dude. That's okay. No, seriously. Your classes are worth twice the price, so I'm I'm happy to pay full price. Oh man, I'm but twenty percent more people training, man. I need a lot of good people around me. I'm creating an army. <laughs> that ain't going to last for long. So whenever you're listening to this, you better jump on it because I ain't going to put up that forever. Yeah, do it now. Yeah, and uh, listen, guys and gals, listen up. Come on, five star review. That's what we need. Go ahead, punch it, smash it, whatever you want to call it. Give us that five-star review. You know we're worth it. I'm a Carhartt model after all. Come on. <laughs> Subscribe to the show. Like the podcast. All that stuff is vital. Uh, we say it all the time, and I get tired of saying it, but it's important. It's important. So please do that. If everybody did that, I'd quit saying it. I'll, I'll give you that as an incentive. <laughs> Can you say that one more time? What did I say? It's important. It's important. <laughs> What did I say? Is it? Did I say it Kentucky style? Uh, I don't know. It's important. Just... <laughs> important. There's not even an I am in that. Important. It's important. Yeah, welcome to Kentucky, guys, gals. I'm Craig Cottle, director of Nature Line School, Kentucky, born and bred. So, yeah, please, guys and gals, seriously, five stars in review. That helps us out tremendously. It's one of those algorithm things, you all, and we greatly appreciate it. I mean, there's a lot of you. There's so many of you that have already done that already. I can't thank you enough. It's fantastic. So the rest of you that have not, please do that for us, and we greatly appreciate it. I think that's it, David. Is that yep, it? That's it. Keep it simple, boys and girls. Stay positive and be sharp. Be sharp.